You're listening to the Heart-Centered Service Podcast. A podcast to help freelancers create the lifestyle of their dreams while doing work that brings them purpose. I'm your host, Francesca Mamlin. And I'm your other host, Krista Aoki. Each week, we'll release new episodes with tips and personal stories for online service-based entrepreneurs. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to episode 25 of Heart Centered Service. In this episode, we are talking about niching down. So Krista and I, we both have similar experiences. We started out as do-it-all generalist type people. We were basically juggling everything. And now we're both working on niching down and we're talking about the benefits of becoming a specialist uh, in one thing and how you can build your signature service and your signature specialty. I think that everyone knows what niching down means, but so we're all on the same page. We're, um, we're going with the definition that niching down means having a specialty that appeals to a narrow specific group of people. So yeah, with that, let's dive in. We're going to start by talking about our personal experiences with Um, the generalist do everything basis of our businesses. So Krista, do you want to start us out and tell us your story and your journey with that? Sure. So yeah, um, I said yes to a lot of projects when I first started freelancing. And it was only recently that I transitioned to niching down to be um, working with just graphic and web design. And Um, So I'm phasing away from virtual assistants like I used to just have people send me all sorts of inquiries and just say yes to most things because I can teach myself how to do most things. Um, But the thing is, is if you're saying yes to everything, then you're like, you well, I had to teach myself those things which takes time or if I was revisiting a topic, then um, yeah, if I was revisiting a topic or a type of work, then I would have to like kind of sometimes um, refresh myself. Uh, for example, one of my clients recently asked for SEO advice, and I um, have read about SEO um, from managing my own blog, and I actually have like Google Docs of notes, um, but it did like I did have to go back and review my notes basically to refresh myself on my SEO process because it's been a while since I had been like uh, basically practicing this for my own blog. Um, I had to like I knew kind of like I had this idea of like different tools, but I had to look up in my notes like what the tools names were, et cetera. It's just hard to shift from, okay, I am focusing mostly on web design, but then going to, but then like, okay, but now right now I'm doing an SEO project. So um, it, it just takes this extra effort. Um, recently, I also like said yes to uploading things to Kajabi and that took me time to learn the platform. Whereas right now I like, um, work with Elementor and I know a lot of Elementor's different customization options but if there are like certain customization options on Kajabi um, I might not have found them Um, when you understand a platform you know like and you understand it really well you know the different ways that you can make something sparkle shine and glitter and stand out Um, so I, yeah, like this is, so this is something I'm really, really 
um, turning to be passionate about. Like I know how, how, how it is like to want to like do everything because like everyone's coming to you. Um, but I guess my suggestion to you is if you're like starting out and you're taking clients, pay attention to what interests you. Um, and we're going to go more into this, um, more in, uh, further in the episode, how to like niche down and go from generous to generalist to specialist. Um, but yeah, I think it's so important when you niche down and you specialize as a freelancer, then you don't have to necessarily relearn or learn new systems and platforms. Instead, when you're putting time into learning, you're growing your expertise. So you're getting even better at this one thing, which people will pay for. Um, so yeah, uh, Fran, like, yeah, what's your, what's your story? Like trying to do it all. Yeah. Okay. So my, the beginning of my business was, is like basically comical because I was, you know, just out of college. I, I knew that I wanted to work remotely, but I didn't know the first thing about starting a business. So basically what I did was I was taking the um, bucket list bombshells textile course. I was like learning all these new things and I'm like, I'm just going to pop a few gigs on Fiverr. And I didn't really think much of it. I didn't think anybody was actually going to buy them. I was just like, maybe it would be a chance for me to practice when I'm learning, whatever. Um, so I, I put some social media gigs on Fiverr um, on like Facebook. Um, I think I did a Twitter gig and a Pinterest gig. Um, I, this was a time when they didn't have automatic posting to Instagram. So I didn't really like look into being an Instagram manager or anything. But yeah, so I focus on those three platforms. And fast forward like 30 days later, I'm a top seller on Fiverr. And it's great, like I'm getting all of these clients. But the thing about Fiverr is that people can like find your gig and then they'll just order it and then you have to deliver. Like there's no like process of like getting on the phone with them or like deciding if it's a client that you want to work with. It's literally just like somebody can come up to you and order your gig and then you have to do the project. So my workload was completely out of control. Like I was getting probably three to four gig orders a day at the least. Um, those were on like the light days because I was like showing up on the top of the search results when people would search for a social media manager. And so I was just working around the clock. And then I started like taking some clients outside of Fiverr. Like people would find me on Fiverr. I would do a, a gig for them and then they would be like, okay, can we like work together long-term? I'd be like, yeah. So I would like invoice them outside of Fiverr and stuff. So I'm working with Fiverr. I'm working with all these clients on Fiverr. I'm working on these clients outside of Fiverr. I had no clear idea of the value that I was bringing to them. Like I didn't like fully understand the value of what social media marketing was doing. I didn't really have a full understanding of a of a holistic marketing process. I was really really green in this <laughs> whole thing. I did not know what I was doing. Um, and it got to the point where like some clients, I was filling the role of a VA. Um, like, and I was just doing like menial tasks because they were like, I can ask her to do this. And then some clients I was like running and building their marketing strategy. And it was just a complete disaster. Like it was a, it was a disaster. So I burned it all to the ground. I like just, I just cut it all down. I, not, I, I decided that none of it could be salvaged, which might've been a mistake. Cause I did have some good clients, but I, in the moment I was so overwhelmed that I was just like, no, no more of this. Um, and then I joined a copywriting agency. Um, I got this really cool opportunity where somebody basically paid me to learn how to copyright, um, like learn how to write copy and then do work for his clients. 
And my experience learning how to cop how to be a copywriter taught me the importance of knowing who you serve and understanding the value that you're actually bringing to them. And then I realized how many like I actually understood all of the mistakes that I made through the Fiverr experience. And um, since then, I've been in a and like I've gone through a lot of different niches and services that I want to provide. Like I'm still like I'm only 24. I still don't really know who I am in this world, and I'm still really exploring myself and and what I want to do. But every project or client that I take on, I always try to be very clear. I don't try. I am very clear of the value that I am bringing to the table and what the person needs and, um, and what I'm delivering to them. So I guess my story, the lesson that you can take out of my story is that it's okay if you're still in a moment where you're not really ready to like completely niche down into a specific service. Like with Krista, it's amazing. Like she's this like really talented web designer. She's gotten very good at these specific tools and she's really found that in herself and it took her time to get there. Um, and I'm in a place where I'm not really there yet. So I guess what I really want to emphasize is that this is not a process that can be rushed. Um, but while you're still finding your niche and while you're still finding your specialty, you can still be very clear with every single client that you take on. Um, you can still take the time to really learn what their needs are and understand the value that you are bringing to them. Um, and you, you can still be very thoughtful about who you're working with. And yeah, so that's, that's my journey and stay tuned in the coming months and years, because I'm sure that there will be <laughs> developments. <laughs> I've been working, I've been like working on the web since, well, not working, but I've been on the web since 2002 or something, like when Neopets was a thing. So I've, I taught myself like these basic skills whilst I was growing up and they're now applied to like my current career trajectory. Um, so like you said, like this, takes time but it I like how you're emphasizing too like at least know like who you're serving and like the types of problems that you want to solve um I did this with my blog as well like lifestyle blog what the heck does this mean right but um the fact is is like even though I didn't know it at the time I was writing to millennial women and that's who like I ended up working with so maybe a good start too is to um see like what your current clients or the people who you're talking to, what do they have in common? Because even though you're doing different projects for them, um, they might all have this like similar pain point. And um, when you can like find how, when you can be really in touch with how you're helping people, um, then you can bring that, like you're saying, uh, like you're saying, Fran, like you can bring that to the table and show them that you really do um, understand um, how much, you're helping them and when you know and when you understand like how much you're helping someone um then you can say that and communicate it because and then they'll realize it right like sometimes we take things for granted it's just like it happens uh everyone's brains are going a million miles per minute so um when you're able to kind of like just like guide people through and like just remind them like hey this is what i can do um or this is what i'm doing then it really actually goes a long way to say like these simple things yeah, it, it really just comes down to talking to your clients and really, really actively listening to 
not only like what they want on the surface, but like what's the want or need that's below the surface. Like if you're, if you're selling um, social media services, they want to, you know, they like on the surface, like they want to grow social media following, but what they're really doing is they're creating visibility for their business. They're creating connections for their business. Um, and so like, and, and also when you're, when, like when you're working with social media, like what's the goal, like, are, are they, are you driving them to like just their website or are you driving them to like this specific thing? And yeah, it's, it's just important to get a very holistic picture of the client and, um, their needs. Yeah, definitely. And there are some other benefits to niching down. For example, like you do become an expert quicker because you are focusing your time on learning, like learning something and becoming like mastering something so to speak um and then you also save money on tools because you're only using the tools you need like as i am making my transition i'm using so many tools that cost like 200 dollars per year um that i can be i can look at them and be like okay i don't need this anymore because i'm in a, like a new uh, period of my life for example like smarter queue this is something that's really useful to social media managers and or like uh what else tailwind or convert kit right like and so there are all these things like all these softwares and stuff but yeah so um niching down you can like look at the tools you're using look where you're spending your money and then narrow down and spend that money only on tools that you need uh like even uh sem rush or SEMrush, an seo tool it's like um it's a pretty expensive tool but if you're using it for all your clients then it just makes sense and lastly like Another benefit of niching down is then you develop your process or your technique. And then this means that you're more efficient because you have this process that takes your clients through a journey and then and then it just gives your client a better experience like when when you know exactly like where you're taking your clients then they feel taken care of and they feel like their money is being spent so well. Um, so this makes such a huge difference like when I first started designing websites I think I like I didn't have a process I was just like kind of like figuring stuff out and like just going from step to step but now I have everything outlined and I have yeah I have everything outlined um and everything is really seamless yesterday I sent something to someone um for their review like so they reached out to me over the weekend and we're like closing up a project really fast and um i think she really appreciates how organized the the experience is the process is and so this this really speaks to people um so yeah niching down gives you the opportunity to like flex a little bit and uh, really show your clients that they're in good hands with you yeah it definitely gives you the opportunity to deliver a really high quality client experience because it's something that you're doing over and over again and it's a process that you really get a chance to tighten up so krista um how can somebody begin the process of niching down their business yes so um i would do like kind of an audit so an audit of the time that you're spending on business tax business tasks i really want to pay taxes apparently but the time that you're spending on business tasks i hate that word um, um you're uh, do an audit of your revenue and your business expenses um so dubsado is my 
customer relationship manager, my CRM. So I invoice clients from Desato, uh, Debsato. I um, give like every invoice a category of like, okay, so this is a web design or this is Pinterest management. Um, and then, um, yeah, so I, I, and then I also send for, forms for my clients to like fill out. So um, when I make them graphics, then I put the graphics into Dubsado and I send it to them for them to like return with feedback. So um, yeah, so I take care of my clients here. Um, and so I looked at, um, with Dubsado, I looked at basically like where is most of my money coming from? And actually I saw that web design was my most profitable category. Um, so, um, so this is this like really stood out to me um and so for everyone it'll be different like you don't have to focus on what's most profitable you can focus on what you find most enjoyable or um but for me i i saw that web design wasn't my most profitable category and it actually happens to be something that i'm really passionate about um <laughs> i let's i've talked about that loads on this podcast but it just like so everything clicked for me and so it'll be different for for everyone so it's okay if it's totally different for you and then i just noticed that based on my spending on tools on contractors i was still making the most from website design like when i actually looked at it i wasn't making that much from pinterest management or um, virtual assistants because like just um, I was so scatterbrained in these areas that I was letting like money basically leak through um, and so maybe that's a totally different episode but basically I just like wasn't as passionate I think about those other things so so yeah so I was still making the most like financially and like life fulfillingly <laughs> from web design so yeah I, on this podcast on heart centered service we're all about following with what aligns with your priorities so when you do this time revenue expense audit um something is going to speak to you <laughs> and you should talk back and have this conversation with yourself it's like a really um great time for you to explore like what you want to put your time towards and so once you like kind of have an idea of what uh, you want to focus on then start writing down your process uh start and it doesn't have to be perfect like this whole time around um like, but just like brainstorm, brain dump. What steps do people take? So for website design, like um, it starts with, um, after, the, after someone signs a contract, basically it starts with like, okay, they're filling out like a brand and customer questionnaire. Um, and then you're uh, drawing the wireframes or like deciding on what pages are going to be built. Then you're um, going, designing the mood board and the branding. And so just like what, whatever you are doing, what is like, start writing down your process. The, um, and it doesn't like, this is something that I'm always refining and I'm always editing and I'm always looking back on. So um, it can be the same for you. It doesn't, uh, it does not have to be perfect the first time around. You don't have to have it all figured out when you're just in this stage. Um, so you can either use an online tool, tool called Glue, G-L-O-O, -O, to do this online, or you can just draw it out on paper. What is the journey you're taking people on from onboarding to offboarding? And then once you like figure out your process, then 
you can start positioning yourself in your niche. And positioning can be as simple as updating your bio on social media and your email signature. It can be as simple as that. Just like to start getting it into people's brains that you do a specific um, service, basically. Um, and also introducing yourself as a website or whatever you're doing. Position yourself as the service provider that you are. I um, have spoken to graphic designers and illustrators who um, they're illustrating, they're designing graphics, but they're scared to give themselves that title. And I think we've talked about this on the podcast before. It's because we are kind of like, we grow up in a society that tells us what we are. <laughs> like it even starts in school, right? Like we have the cliques, the uh, theater kids and the skaters and the jocks, right? So like we're told uh, basically, this is what you are from, um, from like a very young age. We're conditioned, so to speak. But, and then, okay. And then after that, right? Like um, then in your career, like from a boss, you're given a specific title for the company. Um, and so it's like really hard for a lot of people to say like, oh yeah, I'm an illustrator or I am a graphic designer or I am a VA because like, uh, there are so many different things that people tell themselves like, oh, well, I only have one client or I'm not doing this full time, blah, 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 blah. Like, <laughs> um, but okay, no, 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 like position yourself as that as this role because no one else is going to do it for you this is something that you have to do for yourself so start by updating your bio your email signature and introducing yourself as the as your as a service that you're providing and then some other things that you can do you can create content that position your positions you as the ex expert like post tutorials um, post pieces from your portfolio post behind the scenes of your process or a strategy that you use. And then another thing that you can do is reach out to past and current clients, letting them know about your new specialty and then offer an incentive, whether that's like a cash incentive or what have you, for referrals. If you don't have any clients, then reach out to people in your network. And if you're thinking, oh, well, I don't really have anyone in my network, then start networking. You can network online. Um, uh, you can go to like Facebook or LinkedIn, or you can find offline meetups in your area. And we also have an episode, um, for in-person networking episode five. So check that out if you want to learn more about networking in person, but there are tons of ways that you can basically start positioning yourself as an expert and really reaching out to your current network um, for just like um, the support and the push. And remember, like as Francesca said earlier, you have to know the value that you're bringing to, to people. Like understand that you're bringing value to your future clients. Like you're, you're going to be helping them out. Like they need you, otherwise they wouldn't have hired you, right? Like the, we only have so many hours in the day, the people who are hiring you have the same amount of hours in the day as you. So like, I'm sure you know, like there's not an, it feels like there's not enough time in the day sometimes. Well, they feel the same way, so yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. That was a lot of like really awesome value that you just threw at us. And yeah, um, knowing your value is really 
the the core of all of this because it kind of comes back to the fact that you didn't really I mean you may have built your business for financial freedom or like to make money or whatever but there has to be a higher reason on top of that like you should be taking on projects and taking on clients because it's something that you're very passionate about and it shouldn't just be because you're you shouldn't just be taking projects because you want to make more money um so yeah doing a time revenue and expense audit is so so valuable to understand like like where's the money actually coming from currently in your business another thing that you can really do if you're looking for a specific service that um like whatever service you want to focus on is if you have that trusted group of friends that you can ask i know we've talked in past podcast episodes about being very careful about whose opinion you're actually asking and that applies here but if you have that really trusted group of friends who really want to see you succeed and who have um the ability to give you advice on this stuff ask them like what ask them what they think your biggest strengths are. And chances are, like, I know Krista really well. And so I know that when Krista talks about website design, even if it's something as simple as like, I don't know, like where to put this button, like she gets so excited. And that's, that's something that's really unique about Krista. And, um, and Krista can probably tell you like all what the, the specific things that I get really excited about. And, um, that's really, really valuable as an entrepreneur. So if you have people that you can ask, um, getting that outside perspective, it can be really, really valuable. I know that there have been times where I've been kind of feeling lost with my business and life and the people that have been watching me are like, it's clearly this. So that's a really good thing to, <laughs> to do. Um, and getting really clear on your process, that has to be one of the biggest advantages of niching down. And what I really love to do is I love to create like templated, well, this is probably getting into a whole nother topic of like how to manage clients, but when you've niched down, you can create like templated workflows on like Trello or Asana. You can literally just like copy them so that it, it, like managing your clients is like basically like uh, you're not even thinking about it because it's already just kind of laid out for you. And um, lastly, what Krista was saying about positioning yourself in your niche um, it takes a lot of boldness and a lot of courage to step up and be like, yes, I'm this, especially if you like, let's say like you are, you want to step up and be like, Hey, yeah, I'm a website and a brand designer, but that hasn't been your focus so far. Or maybe you haven't even like had a whole lot of branding and website design clients yet. It takes a lot of guts to sort of say that you are this thing before that label was sort of like given to you before you actually receive permission to give yourself that label because um most people they get a job and they get that job title and then they get to say with a lot of confidence yes like i'm this thing this is my job i was hired to do this but as freelancers we have to claim our job titles before it's actually given to us if that makes any sense we have to give ourselves that permission before we're hired um, and that's really challenging, but um, I think it's really important to remember that everybody has faced imposter syndrome, like it has literally happened to everybody, whether it's a freelancer, or an entrepreneur, or even like celebrities, you know, the people who have, you know, accomplished big things in their lives. I promise you, 
they have experienced imposter syndrome. And what you do is you move forward despite the fact you feel fear or whatever it is you're feeling. Like literally just like take that feeling with you, grab it by the hair and drag it with you and it and force it to just come with you because yeah, because that's the only way that you're going to move forward. So that's my motivational speech for those of you who are struggling with imposter syndrome, like literally just it just take it with you. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it'll go away eventually. <laughs> yeah, it'll be replaced with some kind of new imposter syndrome, like the stages <laughs> of imposter syndrome, like it's always happening. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the human thing, right? <laughs> like those voices yeah, never so really definitely. go away. Yeah, and that's really important to emphasize is like, there's like everyone is facing this fear. Like, I'm reading this in one of the books I'm reading too. Like, everyone is facing like everyone feels the same emotions like general spectrum but the difference between like you and someone else is like well or someone else who you respect is that person is like seeing that fear and going past it going forward despite the fear so oh and i had one question that i wanted to get your input on krista um so let's say that um somebody wants to niche down to website design like you but website design wasn't like their most profitable service so far like they do their time and expense on it and it's actually like like maybe it's pinterest management that's really really profitable but they're feeling in their heart that they really want to do web design what would you say to somebody like that i would start asking yourself why isn't this profitable based on the time that i'm spending is there is there somewhere where you can cut time? For example, Fran, you talked about um, having workflow templates and copying and pasting those. I think this is really important for every kind of freelance work that you repeat over and over again because it gets messy when you're thinking about what do I do next? Whereas if you already have things laid out for you, then it just takes that thinking time out of your, out of your day and then you're able to spend that time on deep work um so i would start asking yourself like really like audit yourself ask these hard questions like why isn't it more profitable how can i close the leaks how can i fix the leaks not just like plug them in so that maybe they'll maybe it'll break later but like really fix these leaks um and yeah i would really start asking yourself those hard questions are you charging enough um what kind of results are you getting for your for your clients like and how can you get them better results what can you do to improve the experience so that and offer your clients more value so that you can charge more are you upselling like are there ways that you can upsell your clients um so to so yeah my advice would be to really like look at your pricing, where you're spending your time, how you can close the leaks, and how you can um, provide more to your clients. Like that's just, um, yeah, the way that I would go about it, the questions I would ask myself. Those are really good questions. Yeah, it's like you're streamlining the thing that's already really profitable, and then you're you're kind of evaluating the way that you show up um, like online or wherever it is that you market yourself 
um, in like, how can you actually shift the focus to the thing that you're really, really passionate about? And I think that kind of transition takes time. Like, don't be like me. I like cut the cord on my social media services and just like <laughs> completely switched over to something new. Luckily that sort of worked out for me in the moment, but, um, it's probably not the best choice for most people. So <laughs> Yeah, I'm really lucky. Like right now as I'm transitioning, um, I, well, I have a savings to um, like fall back on so that I can like scale back and, and really ask myself these questions. But I think that it's really important also if you don't have this, then like accept that it takes time and maybe and also spreading yourself too thin by saying yes to everything like that takes away from your time. So it these are just like really hard questions that you have to ask yourself like well what are my priorities right now if your priority is to make a paycheck and to like bring in as much money as possible that's okay like we've all been there <laughs> um mm -hmm. but if your priority is to is to niche down and like to become a specialist then it is also important to honor that priority and give yourself time like figure out a way to give yourself time um in order to do that yeah, and we have a whole series about money, um, so like you guys can, we'll link the, those episodes in the show notes if you guys are interested in like learning about money management in your business, but yeah, one of the biggest realizations that I've had over the past year is that getting your business out of survival mode as soon as possible is so, so, so important. Like you, it's really hard to be able to niche down and create this amazing premium client experience while your business is also living paycheck to paycheck. And like you're taking on projects because you need to make more money. Um, so if you're in that position, no shame. I've been there more than once. Um, I, yeah, it's, it's a thing. Um, I really want to recommend this book that I'm currently reading, Profit First, and I think that our somebody in our money series, one of our guests might, might have talked about it, but the, the whole point of Profit First is like teaching businesses how to be stable even when they have like unstable income. So if you like do the Profit First system for a while, then you can get your business to a point where you're able to take out a paycheck even during months when um, business is kind of slow and it would allow yourself the cushion to make the transitions that will make your business something that you can be really passionate and excited about. So if you're in that position where you're like taking on projects and it's about the money, please don't feel ashamed about that. Um, we just want to get you out of that as soon as we can, because that's not where you're being your best. So um, check out Profit First and check out our bunny series um, to improve that. So I've been there. <laughs> also reach out to me if you ever need any like moral support because I know how you feel. <laughs> With all that being said, like this transition to specializing and website and brand design for me has taken like six months. Like I sent someone a message a few weeks ago telling her that, oh yeah, like I'm dialing back so I can specialize in branding and web. And she was like, oh yeah, you said you wanted to do that in June. <laughs> So like um, even even though like I'm here now, it's something that I've been working towards for like probably since before June. It's something that I've wanted for a long time. So these things do not happen overnight. They take they do take a lot of time. And so you should give yourself some slack about that. Yeah. Oh, um, and but June is so when we launched this podcast. So I've been watching you go through this journey. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. Everyone on this podcast. This podcast has just been my journey of transition. <laughs> I love it. And so next we could just quickly talk about um, how to actually like start building your signature service once you've chosen your niche. So um, like we said, write down what you want to offer and then also write down the different stages that you're taking your customer through. So for example, for a full branding and website design package, the stages would be branding, wireframing and website design, um, promotion and launch, and then website maintenance. So I've broken down these stages and then once you break down your stages, you can optionally offer those as a la carte options. So with that theory, someone can purchase just a promotion and launch or promotion package. Um, and that would include like social media assets based on their already existing branding. So when you have like these stages broken down that you help people through, then also it gives people who may not be ready to invest in your big signature service. It gives them opportunities to still work with you um, at a small, like smaller scale even. Yeah. Oh, and then the thing that I would add is I think if you are, if you're like building a signature service and you're, and you're pivoting your business or whatever, or if you're just starting a business, you have to create a target customer avatar. And it's so important that you actually start having conversations with, with um, your current clients or your ideal clients, like start having actual conversations with people to learn about their needs. And you want to be building the journey from onboarding to offboarding, but you also want to build the journey from like when they first meet you to um, them becoming a client or customer or client freelancer, so a client. Um, so what's the marketing version of the customer journey? Like um, what social media platform are they going to find you on? Or are they going to find you like on a freelancing platform? Um, or do you have like some kind of, or where are they currently in their journey? Like how aware are they of this need that they have of your services. Um, like um, I've talked about the levels of awareness before. Are they problem aware? Are they solution aware? Are they completely unaware? Do they know exactly who you are? Like, do you have a, a warm audience right now? Um, and then what are the things that you have to do to get them from being like a person with a need to a person who is buying a service from you like what are the stages and then what are the things that you can do to get them through each of those stages of the marketing journey as well as the client journey and then that's going to inform so, how you structure your packages too because um, maybe there's an a la carte package that kind of leads into the signature service um, so you kind of want that to be a very fluid thing too Totally. And um, if this interests you and you're like, oh, wow, I want to know more about the marketing customer journey, then we actually have a marketing for freelancers series, um, episodes six through 11. So definitely check that out. We, Fran and I like guide you through the different levels of marketing and yeah. Um, it's really helpful for that, not necessarily the client journey, but like how you're going to get someone from, um, just getting to know you to paying client. Yeah, that's so important too. Both are so important. Like you want the marketing side to be really solid. And then you also want the client experience to be really solid. Um, if, if the marketing experience is off, then you're not going to be attracting as many clients. If your client experience is off, then you are probably going to have a hard time retaining or getting referrals um, or even like 
getting more clients at that point. So, yeah. Totally. Um, and so that, that makes it sound super overwhelming because it's like, oh, like I have to perfect so much, but just choose like what's most important for you to focus on on this stage of your journey and then move forward with that. Like um, it's like you can even move through the stages in whatever order you feel is most intuitive based on like your needs. Um, but yeah, I think it's also really true. Like um, if uh, how did we say it? Like, or how did you say it? Like, if the, um, yeah, like if your customer like marketing experience is off, then you're not going to be bringing or attracting those clients to you. But then if your client experience is off, then yeah, they're just going to be like, not really excited to refer you or tell their friends about you, which also affects just the sustainability and the long term health of your business. Yes, referrals are a huge part of the game with we talk about this a lot with networking, but um, there's just it's so much easier to convert a referred client because they like the trust has already been won, like the social proof and the trust has already been won. All of the work that you would normally do through marketing is done already for you if you get a referral, which is awesome. It's so golden for anybody who freelances. Yes, the reason why we're ta really talking about niching down and becoming a specialist is because like it really improves the experience that you can give to clients and it helps like it helps people feel confident when they're referring you to others because one, they know what you can do and two, they know you do it well. So that is really the reason why we decided to record this episode is because we think it's super important to um, to specialize so that you can improve the value of what you're giving your clients. Um, and so in order to do that, just what we've talked about through this episode, um, one, like audit where you're spending your time, where you're making money, um, what you enjoy, where your leaks are, just give yourself like a little audit. Like what are you doing? What's not working? How can you fix those leaks? Um, choose specialty uh, and then break down the stages of your signature service and determine what each stage is worth so you can decide decide the full value of the service um, and maybe offer those many stages into a la carte options so that people still have those opportunities to work with you um, and if you want to learn more about the marketing experience like basically bringing someone from getting to know you into paying clients then uh, listen to our marketing for freelancer series yeah and thanks for yeah <laughs> and thanks for tuning in to this latest episode we always love um chatting basically when anyone asks me why i do this podcast it's because a friend and i can't shut up about freelancing and yeah like these conversations could go on for ages so we appreciate you guys we appreciate everything um we also appreciate when you leave a review on your favorite podcast platform, we love hearing what you guys think. Be sure to leave us a review um, or tag us on social when you listen to an episode. We love seeing that activity and seeing that you guys are listening and resonating with what we're saying. Um, and yeah, see you next Monday. Until next week. Bye, guys. Aloha.